Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and me, Kevin Hillier. <laughs> and how wonderful it is to be in how your esteemed company again for another week. It's wonderful to be, and I'll talk about it later, but it's a wonder I'm not really cranky after a supermarket moment I just had. Oh, this is something uh, I haven't heard about yet. Were you saving I'm, that? Yeah, I'm saving it because I reckon it happens to a lot of people and I reckon it's incredibly unfair and uh, and it, it it sort of it's food related because you're in the supermarket buying your food and doing what you're mm. doing your food shopping mm. so you're in that frame of mind and you need your personal space especially you uh, well no not especially me everyone needs their own well, personal space well you don't like space. it when someone leans across and tries to pick the grapes oh, out of your no, hand well, that that was that was a different this is a different story <laughs> to oh. that one i can do both those stories and we'll do oh, them later hold that thought when we do the food poll because it's easter of course uh, mm. this weekend um, and a lot of people go away so, and a lot of people spend a lot of time eating chocolate. <laughs> Easter egg chocolate. Yes. Uh, so is it Easter eggs or is it hot cross buns? Neither for me. Food poll coming up after we speak to our guest this week who is just an absolute delight. Yep. An absolute delight. Nikki Buckley's our guest from Sale of the Century – uh, something we learned in the uh, – well, I learned in – I'd completely forgotten. She did Perfect Match for she a little did. while. Blind Date, yeah, too. Oh, Blind Date. Yeah. yeah. Did, did those. Uh, for For a little amount of time. All of the food groups. Yes, and we'll talk about uh, – you you ask personal questions about, you know, her relationship with her husband. Well, stuff. I mean, girls do that. We get yeah. the inside scoop. Yeah. But uh, we talk about her uh, sea change and the thought yeah. process behind that, how she met her wonderful husband, her kids, and she's not a bad cook at all too. Yep. She's and pretty cluey in the kitchen. Of course, the thing that everyone was talking about in the early 1990s, the bump. Yes. We talk about that too. It's not the <laughs> elephant in the room, but bloody near was. The controversy it caused <laughs> at the time, pre-social media. Yes. So all that's coming up. Hope you enjoyed it. It's uh, Nikki Buckley, our guest this week on Food Bites. So we'll get to the food pod, but here's Nick. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Are you a person who's uh, happy to be in the kitchen and are you good in the kitchen? <laughs> um, I think I'm good in the kitchen when I want to be. Um <laughs> Happy to be in the kitchen sometimes. I think it's um, it's totally changed, I guess, throughout my life, you know. And at the moment, I'm just a little bit over it. So we've kind of we've kind of woven a different pattern in the home, and it's kind of one night on for me and one night on for Muzz, which I'm loving. So every second night, I get to sit back and and wait to be served. <laughs> you've had a big family to feed, Nikki. I mean, you've had well, we've got three sons, but I guess with Murray in the equation, you've got four boys to look after. Indeed, and you just can't fill them up. So, you know, the food that I like to eat myself hardly ever gets full. And, um, yeah, honestly, I just cannot fill them up. And so you kind of – you take a recipe that says, well, this will serve four or five, and I double it thinking, well, there'll be leftovers tomorrow and I'll be able to have lunch with it tomorrow. And because it's there, they just keep going back and going back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a teenage son and he's got hollow legs, I swear. But So what kind of things would you uh, would you knock up during the week? Probably, like, our family staple with the one boy's out of home, but it's always kind of, you know, it's back to your meat and three veg or your protein and three veggies, I should say. Um, pretty pretty simple, you know. We're just always kind of um, protein and salads, protein and veggies. If I was cooking for myself and, and not the boys, like, my preference would be, you know, tofu and veggies, <laughs> you know, stir-fried veggies and some tofu, but 
do I ever serve that up? No. <laughs> you should <laughs> see Kevin's face. And- <laughs> you said the T word. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, Curry I don't, things. I don't get tofu. I, I just don't see any redeeming qualities in it whatsoever. It does, it's not like it even looks good. Oh, it's what they put it with, like just plain tofu, like a block of tofu. No, but when it's kind of been, you know, braised or um, you know, cooked with something, or yeah, I love a bit of tofu. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Nikki, you're well known for your media work uh, in in Melbourne, but, um, well, quite a few years back now, you and your family decided to do the sea change thing. Tell us us the thinking behind that. Well, I'm sitting here now looking at um, my office at the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, we had had a block of land down here, so we used to come down and camp on our, our land. And then we decided to build a holiday home down this way. So we'd kind of get down when we could, you know, most weekends. Well, the kids weren't even at school at this stage. So it kind of worked around whatever mother and I were doing for work. And we loved it so much. And then we found when the eldest was about to go into prep, we realized we couldn't do what we wanted anymore. Like, you know, come down at the drop of the hat or come down and spend you know, all weekends and that because all of a sudden with kids in school, they've got their own activities. So it was pretty much at that point, which was, you know, 20 years ago, that we went, okay, well, let's just dip it and we'll come down here and, um, you know, if we don't like it, we can always go back and, yeah, love it. Because yeah. you're down on Victoria's beautiful uh, surf coast and I, I think I read somewhere that your friends at the time were concerned that uh, that you and Muz might feel uh, a, a bit isolated and it might be a, a real uh, adjustment. Has that ever been the case? No, that's true, you know, and, and I also um, one thing I clearly remember was our friends saying, well, where are the kids going to go to school, you know? It's <laughs> 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 like they thought we were going to the end of the earth. It was so funny. Um, not at all, like a minute you know, we started and our young, our eldest was um, going into prep. And so once, you know, as you know, you get into the school life and you meet everyone. So get into the sporting clubs with the kids and um, no, we've, you know, we've built a fabulous network of friends down here. Now, is your eldest, uh, is he universally known as the bump in your tummy that was on television for so many years? <laughs> I was thinking, oh, what are you going to say here? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he'll be, um, you know, this June, he'll be 25. Whoa. Oh, yeah, God. that is. Because that, that just seems like, honestly, that just seems like yesterday that that controversy was rolling around the place. I know. That was, it was strange times indeed. Like for me, I was really lucky. I was really uh, with him, um, had all those happy hormones going on. And yeah, I was getting berated left, right, and centre for, you know, daring to show my bump on television and, um, you know, there was at the time like a current affair ran a story on it, the radio station ran polls, the, the Herald Sun, um, you know, the 50-50 column one day was all positive for me, the next day it was all negative and, and luckily it just didn't, it was like water off a duck's back to me kind of. I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to work doing my thing and, and then, you know, lo and behold, next year I was pregnant again and it was all fine. It was fine for yeah. people to show their bumps yeah, on track. <laughs> Times have certainly changed. But, uh, I mean, that was during the sale of the century days. Can you imagine, Nikki? I mean, that was pre-social media too. Oh, imagine the pylon there would have been. I know. Well, I, I used to hear stories from um, the publicity department saying that their fax machines were jammed <sighs> <laughs> with, with people supporting me and people against me. Like they would just come down to, you know, to me and, and just, you know, show me a pile like this thick 
of um, um, you know factors. <laughs> you you raised a really interesting point though. You you've said it was water off a duck's back at at the time, but um, you know, in social media as it is today, it's very hard sometimes, especially someone in the media, and especially at a time when you know you're celebrating, you know, expecting your first child. You you could actually feel quite vulnerable. Um, and and set yourself up to uh, to feel like you're being <laughs> you're being bullied. So it sounds like you, oh, you, you coped with it very well. I did, and I often wonder, um, you know, if, if it was now or you know, like like I said, I just was you know positive and on a high. But you're not always that way. So I, there's been times when I've kind of thought, oh, you know, how would I have coped? Um, because you know, I you know, I've kind of gone back and looked at it, and every now and then, like I kept you know all articles and things and. And you look at them and you go, I can't believe what people were saying, you know, back then um, when it was all about this, you know, creating a family and creating a child. And look, it came about by the fact that basically there was no maternity fashion back then. And I, I was on a, a television show where it was required, you know, job mm. description was basically, you know, dress up and look glamorous every night. And so all of a sudden, as my tummy grew, there was nothing for me to wear, like nothing that was out there and, you know, I couldn't come out in a, you know, a neck to knee every night. So <laughs> we just made an executive decision, just just get the neck size, make sure it's in a stretchy fabric and, and we just kept going with that. Wow. What did Murray think about the whole kerfuffle at the time? Oh, same. Like he was, you know, he probably um, didn't, I don't know, maybe, same as me, he just didn't take it on board. Like we were, we were not fussed, whereas I think now like I probably would have been a bit more like, <laughs> fighting back, you know, but at the time I was just like, well, I'm just going to work and, you know, I need to be paid. So, um, and, the, you know, the network was very supportive, obviously, because the ratings were going through the roof yes. um, and they were, you know, totally fine. And I basically, yeah, I worked right up until about 10 days before. And I look back at some, <laughs> of, the, some of the footage now of me walking behind, around that, you know, <laughs> that wiggle thing with this massive belly <laughs> waddling out. Happy as Larry. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the days of sale, um, you and, and your hubby, Murray, worked uh, yep. alongside one another, but your relationship goes back way before that, doesn't it? Yeah, people often think we met on the show. But it was actually, he, he actually had the role, you know, we both were models to start with and he had the role first on the show. We met at when we were at school, basically, at Flinders Street Station. <laughs> My... <laughs> My girlfriend was going out with his friend and I went to the movies with her and then we, you know, met them afterwards and that's where we met. That's lovely. How old would you have been then? 16. Oh. There you go. Just a mere 40 years with the bloke. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't driven you nuts yet? Yes, he has. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be disappointed if he hadn't. He wouldn't be trying hard enough. Hey, we've got to ask you, uh, you, you mentioned tofu before. So oh. uh, where, where, does, uh, where does coffee sit in uh, in the realm for you? Are you a, a coffee snob? Um, I am a wee bit of a coffee. Oh. Well, I don't oh. I don't have too many coffees. I can't start the day with a coffee. I always have to have a tea. Um, but I am a mid-morning, you know, probably before or after the gym or something. I need a coffee, love a coffee, strong, skinny latte with mm. half sugar. <laughs> That's go. my coffee of choice yeah. too. <laughs> so does that mean you're a sweet tooth with the is the sugar uh, oh, sort of the announced? The half the sugar? The half the sugar? No. Well, I I'm, just, I'm, I'm reaching here, Nick. Work with me. Um, no sugar in my tea. Definitely a sweet tooth, which I try. I'm probably changing it a little bit, but, yeah, I've always been someone who loves chocolate. 
Mm. Um, and I've had to kind of, I've really had to wean myself off the chocolate every night after dinner kind of thing. It just wasn't working for me in these menopausal years. (laughs) So, um, yeah, had to kind of put a halt on that one. But yeah, I do have a bit of a sweet tooth, but, um, yeah, not in my tea and coffee too much. Oh, I know the feeling. I mean, the whole, um, you know, what, what you used to be able to eat and what you can eat now, uh, completely different, isn't it? Completely different. And I, I mean... I used to hear people say, oh, you know, I put on five kilos in menopause. And I used to think, yeah, you're probably just not exercising much. Or yep, yep, <laughs> exercise doesn't work anymore. <laughs> oh, no, no, just sort of you know, cut, cut out the sweet things. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, that's probably a good time to, to bring up that you um, are um, involved in a podcast series, which is all about um, positive ageing, um, oldie goodie, which I think is a great Thank name you. for a podcast. Tell us about that, Nikki. Yes, so that is. Um, it is focusing, I guess, shining a light, a light on aging, and and you know, if we're picking an age, I guess you know, I'm you know, co-hosting it, so it's kind of fifties on, but it's kind of putting a voice to things that people don't want to talk about, but also you know, talking about the positive things that come from aging. So it's it's been we've only done um, six episodes, but it has been just an eye opener for me, even just some of the topics that we've um, discussed, and yeah, just getting conversations going about things that maybe people don't want to talk about and bringing it to the front. Do you feel that there's sometimes with with women beyond the age of uh, 50 and during the perimenopausal and menopausal years that there's a bit of a, a negative bent much of the time and we don't focus enough on the positive? Oh, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of positive about menopause. <laughs> um, I probably phrased no. that the wrong way. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, yeah, I've had a bit of a tough one with that. And, and I like to talk about it anyway because I think that, uh, I think as women we tend to maybe not talk about those things and think there's something wrong with just you. So it is good to shine a light on that. Um, with with ageing, yes, there are, you know, there are the, the bad bits, but there are so many positive bits as well. And, and just uh, some of the people that we interviewed this one guy, Richard Crowley, he was, he woke up on his 62nd birthday and just, you know, bolt upright and went, you know what? I want to be in a rock band. And so he created these two rock bands and now he's a 72 year old rock star, you know, rocking out wherever he can with his mates <laughs> and just, you know, reinventing himself or living his life to the fullest. So, you know, none of this, oh, I'm over the hill or, um, you know, life's all downhill from retirement age. Just kind of, it's that time to do what you want to do, you know, be a little bit more selfish and not. Um, you know, we all get a bit better at not caring what people think. And so it's, it's yeah, it's quite um, enlightening. can be liberating. There's no doubt about that because you kind of get comfortable in your own skin, which you probably haven't been for most of your life up until then. So with uh, looking at your uh, life, well, what, what is Nikki Buckley in her 50s? What are, you, what are you doing these days apart from a bit of podcasting and stuff? Yeah, um, so I work a lot as an MC, so I've kind of transitioned, I guess, from that, TV role into um, being a host for, you know, corporate functions, which I really enjoy. Yep. I I have a online skincare business, which I work in my uh, quiet times. I guess it's the kind of thing that I can pick up and, and work on when I'm quiet and drop a bit when I'm, I'm busy. Um, Mar- Murray and I have an Airbnb down here on the surf coast. So, that's, you know, that keeps us a little bit busy as well, just kind of managing that. And... Yeah, I, I still get um, presentation jobs and, you know, every now and then, a you know, an age-appropriate modelling kind of gig. So lots of little bits and pieces going on, which is always how Murray and I both kind of have had our lives. You know, it's never been 
a nine to five one job. There's always just this start, then this starts, or you know, just a few fingers in little pies. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you direct a video for someone, like a a music video? Are we doing a bit of that. Yeah. 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 So that was. I mean, I guess that was one of those things where I was asked to direct this music video for, um, and it was you know around International Women's Day, and it was a music video by a woman, and. When I was asked, I went, oh, I don't know if you've got the right person here. Like, I, I'm not a director. I've not directed anything before. And, and the person who asked me said, well, yeah, but everything you've done. And then I thought about it. I thought, you know what? I self-direct all the time. Throughout my whole life with, you know, videos that we do or whenever I'm presenting, even some video presentations I've been doing recently, every time they film it, I jump behind and go, oh, can we do that again? Because I see things, you know. So yeah. I just thought, yeah, I can say no, this is all too hard. Or I, if they're asking me, they've got some kind of faith in me that I can do it. And so I did. And it was so fun and challenging. Like I ended up really helping with the editing of it because I did have a vision. And, yeah, I just think it's good to say yes (laughs) instead of no, that's going to put me outside my comfort zone. Speaking of putting you outside your comfort zone, we like to put people on the spot occasionally in this podcast. Oh, great. Here we go. (laughs) No, we just ask them if you were having a dinner party and you could invite any guest that you wanted, dead or alive, who'd be on your list? Ooh. So my dinner party, not that we have that many, but I, <laughs> I like to keep them intimate, so I wouldn't be having a you know a massive one. I kind of keep it intimate, so that way you do get to spend time with your guests. I would put, top of the list would be my dear mum, and I don't want to get emotional, but she's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, lost mum probably 15, 16 years ago to ovarian cancer. So I miss her dearly. So, you know, she would be a great one to bring back just for the company and probably to get to ask her all those things that you never got to ask before or things like that. So mum would be there. I would probably have to bring Muzz along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, He's a great conversationalist, so he'd be a great one, you know, if it all got a little bit like, oh, what's going on here? He'd, he'd, he'd liven the party up a bit. So, um, so an interesting one, I guess, is Victor Frankel would be mm. someone who I would love to spend some time with. Now, he, um, he was the author of a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Have you heard of that book? That rings a bell, Yes. Fascinating little tiny book. It covers his experiences as a prisoner in um, the Nazi concentration camps during World War Two. So, you know, it's all about um, basically he identified, you know, to, to survive in those, you know, concentration camps. He identified that you needed a purpose in life to feel positive. So that's just a great, you know, attribute to have. And then totally imagining the outcome. So the reason he feels like he survived. And the ones that did survive are the ones that had, you know, a, something positive to look forward to and really held on to that. So, yeah, I just, I just, mm. that is one of my favourite books and, yeah. and really interesting. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? <laughs> Al, Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love a bit of, love a bit of Al Pacino. Like, I just have always loved his work, was, you know, quite, um, had the hot room when I was a bit younger. And I, at one stage, I was, um, studying acting and really wanted to be an actor and I, you know, just loved all of his work and I kind of worked out where he went and I was actually going to go over and study acting in New York because that's where Al Pacino studied. So, yeah, I would love to have Al Pacino at the dinner party. He'd be fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. What have I got? Five? Um, oh, five including me. And Princess Diana would oh. be would, would round it off for me. I think 
I was fascinated also how she, you know, dealt with her public life and then her, you know, the way she used her public platform to help, you know, those in need and, and she worked with so many charities and did so much amazing work. So, yeah, we'd love to have a natter with her. That's a really interesting list and I love that you, um, the, the first person you picked or the first two people were ones who were important to you personally. I think yeah. that's um, what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. And and you mentioned, uh, Di- uh, you know, uh, Lady Di's uh, uh, charity work. Your charity work too for ovarian cancer, which obviously you mentioned there, it goes back to, to, to losing your mum. You've done a hell of mm. a lot of work in that area. I have. I mean, to me, um, my work with them, I try, like there's, you know, so many different facets of fundraising for charities, but I always try and shine a light on raising awareness for the, the signs and symptoms because that was something that, you know, we were not aware of at all and, and I've just got this, you know, burnt in, etched into my memory of mum um, standing around, I think, at one of my son's christenings and saying, oh, my God, look at me, Nikki, I'm so bloated I look like I'm six months pregnant and mm. me once again being a bit of a you know health mum was a bit of a you know she, she loved a pie or a toasted cheese sandwich and did not exercise at all and, and liked to drink mm. not you know liked to drink at the end of the day so I just kind of went oh mum you've got to get out and exercise you know but you know that was one of the signs and symptoms the early ones that weren't picked up you know you know bloatingness and um you know it's just important to me to, yeah, talk about it and there is no early detection test so we still need to raise a lot of funds to find an early detection test like you have with um, breast cancer. You know, you can have a, a mammogram and, and spot it and, yeah, so there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Now I want to ask you too about the acting ambitions. Why didn't <laughs> why didn't, why didn't you go to New York in the end? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I probably fell into the TV work that I started or maybe I decided I think there was part of it where I you know I didn't want to leave you know friends and family and I probably had that really deep you know conversation with myself do I really want to do this and then I just probably fell into the the TV bit but I did really the reason I guess I started the acting was I had originally you know started the model then I got the job on Blind Date Perfect Match with Greg Evans and I was there for about six months and I, I kind of got the boot from that. I was told they weren't renewing my contract. And part of it was to do with the fact that I just didn't want to come out, you know, giggly and silly and, you know, I was worried what people would think of me. And so I was always a bit too straight-laced for them. And But I really enjoyed the role. I really, you know, didn't realise how much I enjoyed it. So I decided to go and do acting classes to kind of, get over myself a bit and not care what people thought and, you know, learn to work my voice a bit better and all of that. So that's where it started. So, and then I had a real passion for this escapism within it. Um, and yeah, but I, I can't exactly remember why I didn't decide to go, but it was definitely something I researched and then decided, nah, I'll just stay here. <laughs> Fair enough. Good choice too. We've loved having a chat with you, Nikki. We normally just uh, wrap up by asking whether um, our guest... Well, whether you have a cooking or a kitchen tip to share. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Um, well, my my probably go-to favourite meal is a slow-cooked lamb. Mm. So, yeah, and preparation for me. So, to me, to you know, to, if you're having you know guests over something to make 
really, really delicious is to get that lamb in really early, slow cook it so it falls off the bone and then you don't have to think or do anything when you get there. I think you're amazing. I think you've been slaving all day and to serve up this. <laughs> I don't like to work too hard when my guests are over. I like to have it all prepared. I love it. That's a great tip. Those acting classes are working well. You're fooling everybody. <laughs> don't you worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nikki, thanks so much for joining us on Food Bites. We really appreciate it. Uh, to you and Mars, good luck and uh, and uh, uh, good health and uh, and happiness for the future. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. All right, there's uh, Nikki Buckley. What a what a lovely human being. Oh, she's wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Nikki. That was a very very and interesting Muzz. insight. Muzz <laughs> is a really good bloke. Played a bit of golf with Muzz uh, back in the charity golf days, and he's a he's a ripping fella. Well, they're both known within media circles as just being some of the nicest, down to earth people you will find. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Now. Now. Well, before we get to the food bowl, let me oh, go through my... Oh, no. My Do I su- want to know? Do we want to know? Two supermarket moments, and we'd love you to share your supermarket moments with us on the Facebook page because if you've got uh, similar kind of experiences, we'd love to hear about them. Yesterday, I'm in the supermarket, I'm getting grapes, and the grapes at the moment are a bit <laughs> off, so I'm making sure I'm getting right grapes because the woman before me had been pe- taking grapes out mm, of the bag... That's not on. ...and putting them in another bag. No, I'm that's thinking, not on. You can't do that. You buy the bag or you don't buy the bag. So I pick the bag up and look underneath to see if it's got... So while I'm doing that, this young man <laughs> leans across me and starts picking things up and moving things around and grabbing uh, strawberry punnets and doing it. And I, I looked at him and I said, excuse me is the word you're searching for. I don't think that's exactly how you phrased it. No, it, it is. It is. And then uh, so he completely ignored me, kept doing what he was doing, and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. So I think the next one he's standing on the other side of me. <laughs> Uh, with his little doodad, which looks like a remote control for a really big TV, um, and the Safeway thing, he's actually an employee of the supermarket, <laughs> leaning over the top of the customer, who's always right, incidentally, um, and I just thought, well, what hope have you got? And then today, today was the the oh. clincher. I'm going down the toilet paper roll. Oh, no. No, 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 it's good. No, no, it's not toilet humour by any stretch. That just happened to be the the aisle I was walking into it. As I'm walking into it, two young boys, probably one about five or six, another one about eight, running amok. Mm. So they're running amok and they're running towards me and I, and I just I stopped my trolley and waited mm. and they ran back towards and they've gone back to the trolley where grandma and granddad have obviously taken them shopping. So – they're blocking up the aisle, the two boys, because they're they're you know they're, they're boisterous. They're, they're what what eight or five year old wants to go shopping mm. for goodness sake unless they've got something to eat. So, <laughs> grandma uh, says move move and and trying to get them to hold onto the trolley so they could walk through with oh. the trolley like that. So she's yelling out out at them, hang onto the trolley. So. Both of them went to hang on the trolley and the little one didn't do it. He went, he backed off and he got, as mm. I was walking through, he got in my road again. Oh. And she says, that man's going to get very angry with you in a minute oh. and he's going to, and he's got, you're going to get into big trouble from that oh. man there because he's getting very angry. And I looked at her and said, Why? no, I'm not. She said, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. She put, it, put the onus on you. All of a sudden, I'm the bad guy oh. who's, who's going to get angry with this poor little kid who's just, you know, being a five, six-year-old kid, and I'm being told I'm going to get angry by this woman. I'm going, no, I'm not. Kevin. And she, and she said, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not. And I looked at the kid and said, I'm not angry. Don't worry about it. Move on. Nicely handled. <laughs> two things are true about you. There are two facts about you, Kevin. Mm. One, you attract dogs, and two, <laughs> you attract controversy in the supermarket. Oh, I don't have a happy time in the supermarket. You um, Actually, a lot of people invade your personal space in the supermarket. That is true of you. You've had people actually peer into and reach into your trolley and uh, 
want to discuss your groceries with you. Fortunately, the woman who touched me up in the supermarket isn't there anymore. People like good. to get touchy and feely oh, with you. Don't give that a oh, minute. I'm to get, start to getting possessive with you, Kevin, All and right. say, hey, hands off. Let's get to the He's <laughs> mine. <laughs> that man's going to get angry with you. This man's going to get angry Sounds with you. Sounds like you handled that very uh, well. It was just one of those things where they don't blame it on me. Don't turn me yeah, into the those bad. Those things never happen to I never have those sorts of adventures in the supermarket, so it must be something to do with you. Oh, thanks. Now I feel really good about myself. Let's talk. Talk Easter eggs and uh, and hot cross buns. Yeah, that's a hard choice, line ball for many. But uh, Sarah Warmby, let's kick off with Sarah. Yep. Tough one. Hot cross buns are yummo as long as there is no yucky dehydrated tick <laughs> like raisin thingies in them. So no fruit. Um, Easter eggs it is for All her. All right. Terry Daniel says, I guess chocolate comes in lots of other forms, for example, in a block of chocolate. So available, you know, that way means... I'll vote for the hot cross buns, obviously, being the time of the year. Staggering logic there, Terry. No, actually, there's no logic. (laughs) Sue Hosking says, uh, you can eat chocolate all year round, but hot cross buns are only around for four months a year. Um, Actually. (laughs) No. They're around for for ten months a year. Easter starts at Christmas. Yep. Yep. I'm uh, a fruitless hot cross bun girl, but I am partial to a lint bunny. Me too. Right. Julie Brislin says, tough one. Love both. Silvana, I do love my chocolate, so Easter eggs. Caroline says, depends on... On the brand and flavour, absolutely. Uh, buns, if they are heated up traditional fruit mm. hot cross buns with butter or oh. cold apple cinnamon buns, Ew. definitely no if they're chocolate buns. So, so wrong, mm. says uh, Caroline. But eggs, if they are Pink Lady, Lint or Cadbury. It's interesting about hot cross buns. They do smell beautiful when they're heated oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that cinnamon smell. Merv Hughes. Mervyn says... Hot cross buns for me, thanks. Gizzy Bell off uh, Twitter says hot cross buns. Lydia says hot cross buns. Rachel Smith says both. Michelle says can I have both. Jane Barnes says dark chocolate eggs, please. Yeah, dark chocolate it has to be. Oh, yeah. Steve Bastoni, Easter eggs, preferably Swiss chocolate, please. Oh, that sounds good too. Getting a bit posh now, Steve. Uh, (laughs) Darren Purchase says both. And Darren Purchase has got some Easter eggs that that they're selling at the moment, which you've got to have a look on his website. Uh, Unbelievable. Beautiful. Sam Newman says buns of any sort are (laughs) – Easier, cleaner and healthier than chocolate eggs that melt and leave stains. So uh, NTM. The, Not to uh, mention. Ah, oh, I knew you'd fill them in with that. The fiddly exercise of peeling the silver foil off the egg. I'm with him. As a kid, I remember uh, doing it with my teeth and it actually And hurts. you're in such it, a bloody hurry to get in, aren't you? Trish says uh, in reply to that, Sam, you're off with the pixies. Chocolate's the best. <laughs> They then went on to have about a, 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 mm. a discourse on uh, on Twitter that went for about the seven different of, messages. Uh, foil on I thought egg. I was I thought I was on Tinder, not Twitter. <laughs> Doctor Joe Gara, to you, Easter egg. Chocolate beats dough every time. It's a medical opinion, of course. <laughs> Kerry Rodder says hot cross bun, but if uh, you need to include all the mixed fruit, including the mixed peel. Oh no, yeah. Oh no, yeah. Sue Stapleton, what about chocolate hot cross buns? Best of both worlds, yeah. Genius, Sue. <laughs> yeah. Jackie Stevens says both. I'm totally indulgent. And Peacock says caramel filled Easter eggs and apple cinnamon hot cross oh. buns. Both, but not at the same time. Oh, too late for that. <laughs> uh, Annie Needolf says hot cross buns. Uh, Jan says both. The only time of the year when toasted buns are dripping. Ooh, Dripping in melted butter and chocolate can be eaten guilt-free all day. Joylene says Easter eggs for me, yum. Glenn Rodder, bloody hell, Paddo, that's not fair. Chocolate hot cross buns, otherwise Easter egg. 
And Wayne, Wayne writes. Here we go. Wayne, Wayne writes this. <laughs> I think the history books have got Easter all wrong. I think Jesus was a baker and invented the hot cross bun. The good citizens of Jerusalem were so enraged by being served a weird-tasting hockey puck filled with <laughs> rabbit poo that they built a cross to match the pattern on the oh. aforementioned bun and then nailed JC to it. <laughs> they were so happy about this that they then invented the four-day weekend to celebrate. Oh. Easter eggs are only slightly better. As we all know, Easter egg chocolate is disgusting. Yeah, it can be. Plus it goes a weird chalky oh, white yeah. as it dries out and what else does that? Dog Aha. <laughs> Dog poo. Yes, it's dog poo, isn't it? You do the math. I'm going to pick neither oh. of these as they are both about as welcome in my house as ScoMo is, well, oh. anywhere at the moment. I'm not saying that if you enjoy either of these, then you are some type of simpleton, but if you do, I'm betting that you airdrum to Def Leppard using both arms. Right. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm not sure I get that. Oh, no, yeah. oh. I will show you. Oh, uh, explain it to me later. Yeah, it doesn't take much explanation. How do we go with well, that? Well, it doesn't take much explanation for the joke, but it will to explain to people why we did it. Right. Uh, oh. The winner, ladies and gentlemen, girls, Easter eggs. Ah. Uh, not with a not with a, a margin that would win them probably the federal election, but not <laughs> anything else. Easter eggs got forty five percent. Both got thirty, mm. and the buns came in at twenty five. Ah, the Friday food poll, Morgan Gallup poll. Keep your eye out for it on our Facebook page and all our social media outlets across uh, the uh, the next. Uh, well, it'll be the Good Friday mm. food poll. Uh, so it make will. sure you get involved in that. Once again, thanks to Nikki Buckley for her time. We really appreciate having a chat to Nick. It was uh, terrific. We've got some uh, great, some very big-name guests on the way yep. uh, on uh, on Food Bites, so we look forward to uh, bringing those to you very soon. Happy Easter, everyone. And to you. For God's sake, drive carefully. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.